All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Home with the Cousins. Today, we are talking about building your team as part of our project planning series. I just want to say, there is no I in team. There is no I in team. <laughs> just, just remember that. There's no I in team. <laughs> <laughs> the team. Love it. Let's do it. There is me, kind of backwards, if you reorganize some letters. There is. If you reorganize some letters, then you, you could get me, but you don't want to, you don't want to do this by yourself. You, right. you need the team. You so what are we talking about here today, guys? We're talking about simple stuff, but maybe a little bit confusing or a little bit intimidating. How to find an architect, how to find a general contractor, how to find a designer, um, the benefits of working with people in your local area. Um, you know, how do you actually choose at the end of the day? How do you say, okay, this is the person for this job? Um, so uh, let's just, I think, jump into it in in order. Uh, the first person you need is an architect. So why don't we okay. start there, John? I, I mean, you know, a lot of people, as as simple as it may, may sound, they don't realize that you do need an architect for most of your projects. I'm sure a lot of you out there are going to be doing you know, renovations that are more involved with taking down walls, de- demolition, a bathroom, uh, a kitchen, putting on an addition. That's when you need to have an architect. When you're moving any mechanicals and you're changing anything, you need to have that architect. That is the first step in the process. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. So first, let, let me do a little CYA here. For those who don't know, CYA, cover your ass. Yeah. Um, you always got to check local building codes and, and and local laws to to find out what is 100% accurate in your area. It varies town by town, let alone county by county and state by state. So we are talking in generalities here. I just want to say that out loud so we don't get anybody in trouble and you come back and say, well, I listened to Home with the Cousins and now I'm screwed. Well, well <laughs> so... And I guess I'm sure you're going down. You know, some some things you will not need an architect. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I and I just wanted to 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 broad stroke. You know, kind of where you need an architect and where you don't. Um, number one, uh, if you're moving any kind of of wall, um, you don't know if it's load bearing or not. You may have a very good feeling, like I have a very good feeling, but I don't have that license. I don't have that stamp. And if I don't know 100. percent I'm going to an architect and I'm going to find out for sure. So if you're moving walls, if you're adjusting walls, you want to have an architect. And like John just mentioned, if you're moving mechanicals, plumbing, electrical, HVAC, you also need an architect because you need all those things on plans. When you're moving mechanical items within the home, they need to be inspected by the, the municipality to make sure things have done uh, were done properly and up to code. When do you not need an architect? Simple room refreshes, uh, if you're refinishing your floors. Um, believe it or not, uh, and again, this is you got to check your local municipalities, but in, in New Jersey, uh, by us, um, if you are changing out your kitchen cabinets, but you are leaving all your appliances in the same location, so you're not touching mechanicals, you're not moving light fixtures, you're not moving your sink, everything stays where it is. It's called a like-kind exchange. It just means you're ripping out the old cabinets because you don't like the way they look and you're putting in new ones. Does it take skill? You better friggin' believe it. It's got to It's gotta be level. It's got to be plumb. It's got to be shimmed. Everything's got to be installed the right way. You want a good GC doing that. But you don't need an architect because you're not messing with any of the mechanicals within the home. So, you know, that it's 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 worth understanding that because you can save twenty five hundred bucks on an architect if if you don't need it. 
Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there looking just to update their kitchen, right? They want a new backsplash or maybe they just want new appliances. They want a new countertop. They're painting the cabinets. Hey guys, look, like Anthony just said, you do not have to worry about going out to get an architect for that. You can do it yourself. You can just hire a GC to come in, you know, a local guy that, that really is a jack of all trades that that can do that easy stuff. That's where of course you're going to save money. But I think most people listening are probably going in that bigger direction of saying, you know right. what? Well, and that's the point of this podcast, right? We, we're talking about building a team for a substantial renovation. So we are assuming that you do, in fact, need an architect. Um, so how do we want to go about finding them? I mean, look, everybody does everything online. It's it's a great resource for us. And you can certainly see a lot of pretty pictures and, and get an idea of, of uh, a design of an architecture firm's overall aesthetic and, and kind of the way they like to design. Um, but you know, I, I think any professional you're going to work with, uh, you, you want to meet in person um, prior to deciding that, that this is your guy. Um, you know, do your research, do your due diligence. But um, I think, you know, the anonymity of online is not always... You it doesn't really always serve know. you well. Yeah, you, know? you don't really know. I it's mean, like it's, the, it's 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 like uh, the person who went out to dinner Friday and then thinks they write for Food and Wine magazine <laughs> because they had a bad experience. <laughs> you know, and they're gonna that this steak is like, a, like a New York Times, <laughs> like a New York Times food review. The like, potatoes were too salty. The steak it wasn't cooked just yeah. medium rare. You know, and and I think it's it, the point being is that. You know, people's muscles get real big online when they're hiding behind screen names. And if they've had a bad experience, they feel like that's their way to get someone back. You know, there's two sides to every story. And um, the general theme that we continually go back to through this entire series is communication. And it takes two people to communicate. So I would have to guess that when you see a bad review, if the architect were to take the time, if the general contractor were to take the time, if the designer were to take the time, they probably have the same complaints about their client that their <laughs> client has about them. You know, it's like it's like in a relationship. You can't you can't have an argument with yourself. There's it takes two people to argue. So um I guess I've I beat that point to death. So you did. We'll, we can we can leave that <laughs> but, there. Right. But I guess it's it's how do you of course define an architect like you were saying? You can go online, you can do your research. Right, but how do you do but, it? Go ahead. But 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 how do you do it? Of course, we always say word of mouth. You want to talk to friends that maybe have had re- recent projects that they can kind of say, "Hey, look, this is this is an architect that we re- that we really like." The other part is, we've said it before, you know, going down to the building department seeing at your local building department what architects are pulling the most permits, who is really involved there. It's a great way to to know and find someone local. Then once you get their name, then you could start researching and looking at their work online. Yeah. And building departments are pretty free to, to hand out that information. I mean, you know, they can't they can't have a preferent a preferent <laughs> a preferential, preferential list. <laughs> but uh, you know, they're certainly happy to give out names. Um and you know, the more an architect works within a, a particular municipality, the more they know the little nuances that the inspectors want, um, the little time savers that are going to help you get through that building department process, which can be an arduous one yeah. if you have somebody from out of town. Not to say the person from out of town is bad. It's just that every municipality can vary. Why is that? Without going down the rabbit hole of code issues and all the rest of it, simply stated, there is a bare minimum set of codes. There's a few different codes that um, that regulate the building industry. Um, but 
the, the, the fact of the matter, the law of the land is that that is bare minimum. And it's, it's, it's up to the inspector's discretion, the building department's discretion to require more stringent codes just because they feel like it. And that's that's the truth. And the architect has to be licensed in that state too. So that's that's the well, right. side of it too. Yeah, you're definitely working within the state, but well, you know, inside the municipality, like we started the podcast with, is where is where we find that it's really beneficial from a time standpoint. And I wanted to I wanted to give the example because you made the perfect point before where you were saying, yes, of course you could have someone from the outside, maybe that doesn't work locally or some other place in the state to come in and do it because you like their work. That's what I did when we built my home. I did have an architect that I really liked. He was from Maryland. There you go. I loved his work, but this is the- He's from Maryland, but he was certified. Licensed licensed, licensed in New Jersey. Licensed in New Jersey. But this is the huge but and I put I put this with a capital B on it. He he drew the plans for me because of my background. I was doing the inspections with the inspectors, and you liaised everything. I the went through department. the building. I was the guy that was going to the building department every day. Now, so that's a that's a big that's task a, to put on yourself huge, as a homeowner. Huge, um, you know. So so just just keep that in mind. If you know, John had a great architect. He knew the style of the house he wanted. He found the perfect guy, and it all worked out. But we're just we're just cautioning you. Yep with the amount of work that's involved. And if you haven't been through the building department process before, um, you know, it could be daunting. That said, that's where uh, a designer and or a CM, a construction manager, can help you. But then you're adding cost because you're adding professionals. So these are all things to keep in mind. Um, so so where do we go from here? Well, I, I mean, look, I, I, I think the, the one point I, I, I do want to say is, you know, once you do pick... That, that architect, a lot of people, and we get it when we travel the country, they they want to kind of, I know we talked about costs beforehand, you know, guys, I just, all I say is on the architect, once you finally do pick that person, just know the, the prices can really range in, in a lot of areas. And all I want to say is, it, you get what you get what you pay for. If you want the architect to be more involved in your project, you are going to have to spend more. If you want them just to draw the plans and that's it, well, then that's a, that won't be as much. Right. So just realize the architect can be used in many functions. He can draw your plans. He can provide that for you. He can give you design ideas. He can be there for inspections. Just know there's many facets and you can go really deep down that road with an architect. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, as with general contractors, you know, you want you want multiple bids. With an architect, you know, they're not working directly in your home. They are drawing your home. So the overall aesthetic of your home is is going to come from, from them and from you and from their interpretation of what you want. So you really want to spend some time talking to these people and making sure that that your design sensibilities match up and that you guys are on the same page. Um, well, I would I would make this one suggestion. If you don't want to go, if you're a little nervous about really diving deep into it, mm-hmm. I know a lot of architects have a, a fee where they just do some 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 drawings and, and renderings for you, mm-hmm. and you, it gives you a little option. So if you're like, you know what, I'll spend a couple hundred dollars, like five hundred dollars, have them do a couple renderings, some initial drawings, some initial drawings, yep. and they and if you say, I really like the way the architect's going. 
I want to go full full boat in. So I think it's it just saves you because I don't. Sometimes I think people think, oh man, I'm I'm tied to this person, and now right. I get into it, and I don't like their designs, and I don't like what they're doing. So having some renderings and a little drawings in the beginning you might realize, hey, this is the person or maybe it's not the person. That's right. Absolutely. Um, and you know, the, one of the, the, the last people, um, if you don't want to, if you're nervous about the building department or if you're not, another option to to get recommendations for an architect. We've talked about building department, word of mouth from friends, um, doing some research online. Uh, and then the last that that I find interesting and and find to be a good resource is local real estate agents in the area that are that are doing uh, a lot of sales, people that have a lot of listings, people that you see are selling a lot of projects. You know, real estate agents today really need to be a full service provider. So when they have a client that's looking for a home and they they sell that new home for them, they want to be able to provide names of architects, general contractors, designers. You know, they want. This this new homeowner to recommend them to their friends and say, hey, you know, this real estate agent really knew their shit. They had everything together. Yep. They gave me some great recommendations on professionals I could work with, and now I have my dream home. So, you know, going visiting a few uh, local real estate uh, offices and, and finding out who's hot stuff in town and and um, getting some recommendations that way. So, moving on to general contract, gra- grabbing a general contractor. I mean, guys, this is this is the same process. Online, local real estate agents, word of mouth, building department. You're asking the same questions because you're looking. You're it's 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 a different facet of the job, but you're going about finding that person in the same way. Um, I think it's it's a little bit more in depth uh, because the general contractor really has the 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 largest chunk of your job, right? Yeah, he does. Well, and, and I and. I think, of course, you know, a lot of people they they skip over the architect and maybe they go right to, to the GC or they really try to find the the builder first. But that is the opposite way of doing it because, and we've had with, through our pri- our private clients, you know, we had this all the time where our clients call us up, they're excited, they have a or project, a potential client, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a potential client, they're excited, and then when, when we would ask them for drawings, they don't have any. And and that's a, and that's a major issue. How is how are you going to skip that process? Not have any drawings right. ready to really sit down with a general contractor. You're not going to be able to get a feel for it. So by getting the architect first, getting him in line, getting some preliminary drawings because we know you're not going to have the finished drawings. Absolutely right. Right. We've talked about this. It's, it's an iterative process. It's, you go back and forth. You're getting a little further down the line. You're going to have the first initial drawings. Then. You can sit down with that general contractor and really start to figure out what it is going to cost on the overall job. And I would say this, as far as the finding the general contractor, ask your architect who he's worked with. That's 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 a one a great great I, additional resource to finding your GC after you have your architect. You want you want to have it. Look, guys, we're talking about the team here, right? What makes a team function? Everybody works being together. Works together. Yeah. So if you have a general contractor that you know is from someplace else, an architect that's from someplace else, could they get along? Of course, of course they. But if you want to just make things a little easier, have a team that's done multiple projects together because it means they know the code, they know how to get things done, and they have a general working relationship. And they have a working relationship. Yeah. Absolutely, that's a, that's a really great point, John. That's a really great point. Um, and you know, another point I want to make b- before we keep going with general contractors. Um, to your point about making sure you pick the architect first, 
and and that it is an iterative process, you're gonna you guys are gonna play a little bit of ping pong. And and by that I mean you get your architect and you get your first set of drawings done. Let's call this the space planning set. Um, you're saying, you know, I really want an open floor plan. Uh, give me a couple of concepts of what we're looking at. Uh, you know, we're going to start to figure out the, the spatial awareness of room A to room B to room C. As the architect draws that and you're going out to, to find general contractors, you can now take the space planning drawing and you're going to say, hey, Mr. GC, Mr. GC, uh, I know that you can't give me a detailed quote from this. I'm not looking for that, but I'm looking for what you think is a ballpark for this job. I'm not going to hold you to it. I just want to get a flavor for, for what you're thinking. A couple of things happen here. One, you begin at the early stages to get an idea as to what the project could potentially cost you. But more importantly, you're starting a line of communication with your general contractor. A general contractor that doesn't want to be bothered too early in the process is probably not somebody who's going to communicate real well with you all the way through the process. So, you know, pay attention to what I would like to call kind of just like the logical human interaction element of all of this. Uh, I think a lot of people get nervous in that they think, I don't know about construction. I don't know about architecture. But you're a person and you interact with people every day. Do you enjoy interacting with this other person? Do you want them working in your home? And I think those are some really basic initial gut checks that you can do with yourself to let yourself know if you're going down the, the right road. I will say this. I don't care how good a professional somebody is. If I had a feeling that I didn't like them when I first met them, it was always a pain in the ass job to get through. Yeah. Right? You're, you're 100% right. You're, you got to go with your gut. I mean, we, t we tell people that all the time. I mean, you, you work hard. You work long hours. It's a stressful project as it is. You want to surround yourself by somebody that that you don't communicate well with, that you don't have a good vibe with, and they're yeah. in your home. It, it doesn't It doesn't really flow. It doesn't flow well. It doesn't make logical sense to me. But I, I think... You know, two, what you, what you have to realize is, you know, as you're going through this process and you're picking the team and you know, even doing our quotes, sometimes we would quote, I mean, look, we would give it, a, we'd get, we'd get initial drawing, right? Yep. We would quote it out. We would give the person our price, but the quote process, a couple of weeks, a month, a month and a half, depending on the size of the job, you're, you're not saying, oh, well, this was a, a one-stop shop. That's it. I got my quote. It's over. No, we you would go, go back, back and, forth. and forth. Right. And- Again. Right. So why don't we? So let's just before we, you know, because we are t talking into microphones, and it's we want to make sure that we're illustrating this visually for people too, right. right? So, so you do you do the space planning drawing with the architect. You get that to the general contractor, a couple general contractors. Let's say five, maybe six, because you're going to weed it down to three who are going to give you a detailed bid. So then. As they're reviewing the space planning set, as the general contractors are reviewing the space planning set, you're going back to your architect and you're refining and you're refining that plan. Now you're now you're getting the ballpark quotes back from the general contractors. Two guys told you to screw off. They don't want anything to do with it. You got three left. You got a couple of ballparks. You really like two of them, but you're keeping the third one in there because you want to make sure you have three bids so that you can you can really um, really look at the numbers and and make sure that that uh, everybody's on the up and up. Now the architect is done with the with the final drawing set. The architect 
the architect will give you a set of those plans. Um, you know, we usually like to do them in 11 by 17 at that point. I mean, that's, that's more detail than you probably need, but it's, it's easier to, it's <laughs> it easier, easier to get them to, 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 to contractors. It's cheaper. You're wasting less paper. Yeah. In any case, you're taking those detailed drawings and you're going back to those three people and you're saying, okay, now give me a detailed bid. And to John's point, that is going to take a, a good, you know, two weeks, three weeks, could even be a month, depending on the size of your project. And it's not about rushing into it. I, I think, you know, again, you got to put the brakes on yourself. You know, we, I, we've said it before. This is a very difficult process. This isn't a process that you just jump right into. I think that's why there's so many pitfalls because people are too anxious. They say, I just want to go, 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 go. And when you're not doing your homework and you're not getting all the proper information, that's when you have those issues. So if you slow it down a little bit, you take the time, go through the bids, make sure you find the person that you do like, you, you dot all those I's, cross those T's, then you're ready to start your project and you'll start without any hiccups right at the beginning of the project. What we like to say is slow is fast. <laughs> slow is fast. Yeah. And it's it's the truth. They they always say that in racing when you're when you're at pit stops. Slow is fast. Don't get all nervous. Don't move your your hands quickly and your hands are shaking. You're trying to get the bolts on it. No, nice and slow. Go through the process. Enjoy the process. Really take it in. Pay attention to the details. It's it's going to save you time and money in the end because you want to select the right people. This right here, episode two, this is where you're making or breaking your project. Yeah. You got to pick the right team. This is it. You're, you're right. But I think, you know, at the same time, <laughs> I know shows like ours, when you see them in 22 minutes, people think it's a, it's 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 an easy thing to do. It, it does a disservice to it does a disservice to the profession <laughs> and it does a disservice to the homeowners in 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 what you you know think is possible. But you know, for us it's the shows are done that fast because of production budgets and and because they need to be in order to in order to make it economical for the network. We are doing all of the things that we're talking to you guys about. We're just doing them on an extremely accelerated schedule because we've done them so many times that we've got it super, super honed. But even that being said, we still plan for two months before every episode. Yeah. So every three days of shooting, every four days of shooting is two months of planning. So you do the math and you, you understand that, you know, it's, it, you, you want to take the time. You got to take the time. Um, okay, so uh, we've so gotten detailed plans back to the general contractor. They're pick sitting the general with them. Contractor. Now, this this part can be a little frustrating because you cannot bring no matter no matter that your your detailed drawing set ready for the building department, wrapped in a bow, ready to go. You need your general contractor to bring those plans to the building department. They're going to be the representative of record with the municipality. You do not want to start that process. It's going to confuse things. It's going to slow it down and you're going to wind up moving backwards. So at that point, what we suggest is that you guys go back to your design notebooks and work on the pretty things that you want in your job by the end. You get to know your plans that your architect's drawn. You know, it, it takes a lot to understand blueprints. And I think if you take that time and really read all that small fine print in the notes on each page get acquainted with the nuances on these plans and understand as much as you possibly can it's going to benefit you when your contractor starts asking you questions 
So that's something that's really great to do during the downtime of waiting for your quote. Once these guys get back to you, you're gonna go. Uh, you're gonna go through these quotes, and and we're gonna and we're gonna cover all that in in the budgeting episode. I don't want to dive down that yeah. hole right now. We can go more. Uh, detail, there are yeah. spreadsheets and whatnot involved, but but I think you know that that's where we'll leave it for now. Um, so that that's that's just an, an understanding a little bit of the process of of how the back and forth is gonna go, um, and and you know, in combination with in combination with selecting each of the team members. And I guess for your last team member, if you want to have a designer, yes. that's that's something that it's kind of up to you guys. You, 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 I'm not going to say that you need one. It just depends on the level of this project and how detailed and how much help you need. We've we've we meet fans and we meet clients that that love to do it, and they say, "Hey, I want to do I want to do the design myself." I've I've watched uh, enough uh, you know HGTV shows, DIY shows, and I am a designer now. Now I, I know all the tricks. That that's that that's perfectly fine. But I think you know what you have to realize is a designer does give you some great benefits. One, they have their their trade discounts that they, they they can pass on to you. So if you find the person and you pick them and you like the, their style, you you like the way that they design, they can start reaching out, getting you that lighting, getting you that tile, getting you those countertops, getting you all those little things that you love for a nice discounted price. And it, and it really will save you money. And at the same time, the designer can work with you and they can kind of, they can they can be a manager and help you manage the project as, as well. So that there's somebody that kind of bridges the, the gap when you get a lot of times when you start doing your, your project, your GC maybe isn't really understanding what the architect wants. He doesn't know how to build it. He doesn't have a design eye. He just wants to build off the plans. That's when the designer comes in and they bridge that gap and they kind of bring the creativity to the whole entire project. Right. Absolutely. Well said. Okay. So how do you finally make the decision? How do you choose the general contractor you're going to actually work with? First and foremost, trust your gut. We were saying a little bit earlier, you know, you want to you want to have a nice sense of of a good working relationship. This isn't a popularity contest. It's not about being friends or buddies, but it is about general human courtesy, willingness to communicate, um, you know, the the willingness to explain things and, and be patient and understanding that this is not your profession; it's their profession, um, and and just a general gut check, like that, you know, that you want this person working within your home. And, and, well, I think it's 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 a great point. And what I would like to add, I mean, look, we've we've been and we are general contractors, and we've also hired general general contractors yes. for jobs on the road. What do you feel like if you walk into a job and and, and we do this, we, we we do this a lot. We we go visit jobs, we see other work they're doing. Yes. What do you look for? What is something you say? That's I gotta great, see. Right? I gotta see this. That's a great it's question. A telltale sign for me. Absolutely. So yes, I think definitely. You know, when you're down to your your top three, let's call it, yep. you got to go visit the jobs that are in progress. To John's point, going to somebody's finished job, let's be honest, it's a little weird. Like you're gonna go knock on somebody's door, like, "Hey, I know this guy uh, built your house like three three months ago. <laughs> Can I come in and check it out?" That doesn't show you anything anyway, because once the sheetrock goes up, you don't know how good a job it is. What John is saying is, when you go and look at a job, you're looking for neatness. You're looking for the passion to do the right 
the right job. Well, what's the right job? I don't know what I'm looking at. I I don't know, John. How, how does that? How does a homeowner tell what the right job is? They don't know what electrical is. They don't know what plumbing is. How how do you go about that? Look, I, I mean, as basic as it sounds, is you're you want to see the organization of all the subcontractors. So if when you're looking at just the electrical Romex lines, right? They they are all bundled together. Everything is is nice and neat, individually stapled to the studs. Yep, straight up and down. And the same and the same goes with all of your of your plumbing lines. Yep, your, plumbers. Your, I mean, you you know that purple glue that's around the PVC. You see it splashed everywhere. Nobody cares. They don't care. But you see a nice even coating around the joints where where the where the the fixtures are coming together. You know the this is. This is just just pride in your work and, and keeping things orderly, neat, and organized. Well, you you don't need to know code, right? I'm not saying I, no homeowner's going to no. know code. They're not going to walk in and jump and go, oh wow, that 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 electrical contractor, he's out of code there. That plumber there, it's like you said, it's showing the neatness of their work because if they're that neat behind the walls, right? Imagine what it's going to look like right. when the finished product is. So so let's say it this way: the the best way to 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 determine that is to say, if I lived in this house and sheetrock wasn't a thing. Would this be cool to me? Yep. Like, yeah, this would be a really cool industrial uh, piece of art, let's say, right? The the wires create a, a pattern. The pipes create a pattern. Everything has its place. The floors are swept up at the end of the day. Um, and, and the job is able to progress uh, in a neat and orderly fashion. I think that that is, again, going back to the lo- the logic of it, not necessarily the profession of it. And and let's, let's just call it what it is. These people are working in your home. That's this right. is where you live. That's right. You're letting the, and, and for the most of you, you're going to be living through this project. So you're going to be there, whether it's, you know, you, you have a, a little corner downstairs that you have a, a makeshift, uh, kitchen or you have something upstairs on the second floor that is, is going to be the kitchen because you can't go downstairs at all. Well, if they're not neat and courteous in your home, well, then you're going to have major problems. Major, major problems. Not everybody can move out of the home and rent an apartment or live at a uh, family member's place or a friend's place. You have to live there during the construction phase. And if it's not comfortable for you, you are going to have blow-ups that are going to be out of control. So that's it. It's, it's, it's the neatness. It sounds counterintuitive, but it is possible to work neat on a yeah. construction. Not possible to work dust-free. Not impossible not to have a mess. But listen, we clean our job sites at the end of every day. Yep. Everybody's got a nice orderly way they go about it. We take the last hour, get everything cleaned up because preparation for the next day, the following day of work, you're going to get that much done, more done when you come in in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, and, and of course, you have to expect there's going to be the dust. You're going to have those absolutely. some of those issues, but it's all about cleaning up at the end of the day and having the right protection inside of your home. And and believe me, guys, we understand of any of any episode we do within within this this particular series for project planning. I would I would say that this one has the least amount of technical knowledge and information. You, you know, there's you can check references, uh, you can get word of mouth recommendations, but at the end of the day, it's your gut telling you that you should work with these people. So just as a quick recap, you want to find your architect first, your general contractor second. If you're going to work with a designer, you can do that third. 
um, ways to check these guys out online, local real estate agent's office, local building department, word of mouth. Um, you know, we talked about how, how you go about choosing these guys. It's, it's, it's their level of communication, uh, the amount of detail they put in their quotes. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's your gut check. Um, and, and last but not least is taking the time, put in the legwork and go and visit current projects that they have going on. So, so you can see the work that they do, that they're doing. And if nothing else, if, if you take nothing away from that job site, guess what? The general contractor did. They said, this person cares about the job we're going to do in their home. They took the time to come and look at my work. So you're putting them on notice that there's going to be no bullshit during this process. Even if you're pretending you know what you're looking at, believe me, it's worth your time. Well, I can, you know, I, I want everyone to learn from our mistakes. And and I think there's been plenty of times where we've hired some subcontractors and we haven't gone and we haven't inspected as in detail as what we're telling everyone now. And I know you and I have walked on jobs. Sure. And we've said, this, this guy's got to go. This guy's got to go because you are going to get yourself in a mess. And we've been, st- we've been, believe me, we have been stuck with some bad subcontractors. Some guys that you say, how is this person able to have their their license? You get them. It just it, it's the nature of the business. It, it it just is. And I just want to stress to you: you will avoid these pitfalls. You will avoid having these problems if you're seeing their work up front. Because I don't want you to get into the job, and I don't want you to have the problems we were saying. Oh man, you know this guy's a mess. He's not taking his time. He's sloppy. He's not being careful. And then you're really going to have big time issues. And they're not, you know what's going to happen? They're not going to pass inspection. Believe me, you're going to go through two, three, couple iterations of, of inspections because if they're not neat, they don't, they don't really care that much about their work. All right, guys, that does it for another episode of Home with the Cousins. Hope this was a beneficial one for you. We look forward to hanging with you next time. All right, guys, talk to you soon.